0: Come
1: on.
0: Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Dr. Travis Perry. Travis, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Travis is a behavioral finance expert. A trainer of financial professionals, he spent several years in the financial services industry before pursuing his M.S. in human development and Ph.D. in family relations. Very excited to have you on, Travis. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, thanks, George, for having me on here today. I have a, a interesting, you know, upbringing where money was always an issue in our family it was something that uh, as as one of six children uh we were always trying to carve our path we we're always trying to you know um make sure that uh, there was something in it for us and not to be too selfish but i mean that's just kind of how it is being in a pack sure. um money was also something that our, i found my parents they loved us they loved each other but They also were kind of uh, arguing about money once in a while. And that was the only thing I really ever felt that they kind of uh, disagreed about and that I'd ever hear them arguing or there was issues about it was something that had to do with money. Um, So at a a young age, I was uh, refereeing soccer games, doing the newspaper routes, um, weeding for grandparents and neighbors. And I had started several of my own businesses and, and really wanted to figure this money thing out and said one day I'm gonna teach people about money. I'm gonna understand it and and I wanna teach them. And so I did. I, I jumped into the world of financial planning and thought this was it. I'm gonna teach people how to how to, you know, manage their their retirement, save and budget and all these things. But as I got started, I realized that there was much more to it than just the regular you know, financial offerings of investments, insurance and, and budgeting, There was really a, a relational component, a human development, mental component, a psychological component that uh, I didn't really get as a financial planner. I wasn't really trained to do. And so I went back to school and, and did a whole lot of uh, learning and academia to try to figure this this out. Um, and now i'm I'm uh, helping public with that and and I'm training trainers as was mentioned and training financial advisors on how to help their clients on the behavioral side
0: nice and it's it's certainly work that is very 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 needed I was going through some of your information and you already touched on it but the idea that financial professionals are not trained in relationships and relationship professionals are not trained on money issues so there's a yeah. there's so much crossover um, but at the same time not not a lot of training necessarily that that needs to be taking place so
1: exactly and you know what's interesting on that is when fin- people that come to a financial advisor they may not be thinking in their mind I'm coming to get relational help um, but I do believe that they think that a financial planner will help them um, with their relationship if money's involved yet the financial planner doesn't really have the training and Sometimes, uh, actually, the research is showing that when people go to therapists, couples come to therapists, uh, and the sec- and second issues that they're dealing with is uh, about money. Yet therapists have zero classes, typically, uh, on, on family finance or even uh, financial counseling or financial um, planning. So this is a is definitely a gap um, within these, these two fields, and the consumer feels it. They feel like, ah, they don't know who to go to. They don't know who's going
0: to help them. I can tell you from personal experience that the bulk of my training 17 years ago was learning that oftentimes between a husband and a wife, one is a saver and one is a spender. (laughs) But that was it. So (laughs) yeah, we didn't get a lot deeper than that. It was just a nice little coin statement that i could throw out there occasionally so and it's not necessarily wrong but it's not certainly not 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 right and really not helpful but um well you certainly know and from my research i i've discovered that money lies at the root cause of a lot of the unhappiness it's one of the main causes of stress and probably one of the main causes of marital issues Um, so if we could help people with that, then we'd be doing people a a great service. So talk a little bit about it. how, how, how money is impacting people's relationships. Um, yeah, that,
1: this is really the eye opener for me. I felt like if I could help people with money, these other areas would improve. And that is true uh, to an extent. And this is why a lot of financial planners are, I think in the business, they want to help people and they really are there to see, you know, what they can do to help them. Unfortunately, a lot of times as I was helping couples with budgeting per se, there were, fun, there were relational issues or psychological issues that would surface, and then I realized I didn't really have the training for that, so I had to keep kind of going back and, um, and helping them with these issues, but they all overlap, and so I started to research, what is it that's connecting these three areas? What's connecting the financial to the relational, to the psychological or developmental side, And um, the research that I did, the dissertation that I wrote, actually found that shared values and goals of married couples, so those that are on the same team, and it doesn't have to necessarily be financially, it's just the fact that they're going the same direction on the same team overall, they had um, better marital happiness scores, higher individual well-being scores. And uh, overall, their financial stability or their ability to achieve financial goals was much higher than those that didn't. Um, So that is really the connecting factor um, that couples really need to understand when there's arguments about money. A lot of times it's not really um, their communication, but it it has a lot to do with are they on the same team to begin with.
0: So talking about just going a little bit deeper into that because that's I think that that's that's very very eye opening. Talking about are are you on the same team? Do you share the same values? And can you give me some common examples of what those values might be?
1: Um, we found that overall, if couples are committed to their relationship, if they feel connected together, like yes, it's not just about the marriage, but we feel like yes, we're truly partners. We're in this together. Um, that were on the same team. And this may just be that, um, you know, they are supporting each other um, with the kinds of goals that the individual might have. Um, one might really enjoy a certain hobby or sport, and the other spouse uh, really takes the time to make that known that I, you know, I'm supporting you, I'm going to be there, you know, with you, or I'm going to support you from a distance. You know, it's okay to use, you know, time and money to go and, and do that thing that you like. Um, in addition, religion came up a lot, actually. Um, those that are the same religious values and have the same religious ideals um, and attend church and things together, that was a big one. Um, parenting was the third one that we found to be um, also related. So it's if, if couples liked to be a parent. Um, if they both felt like they received value from doing that, they actually had some um, some values that were common that was uh, connected to marital happiness and individual well being. On the financial side, we found that when couples have shared financial goals, so things that they're both interested together, if they want to you know retire at a certain age and have you know a certain lifestyle. If they have that in common, then doing those small things to get there are more like details instead of hurdles
0: nice i I love that terminology. It's details instead of hurdles because if we haven't really taken the time to examine our shared values and haven't taken the time to examine our shared goals then then they're probably all going to be um hurdles. so I got it yeah, nice great yeah. I, I think that from a lot of the 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 reading that I've done. That the lack of community, as it pertains to to money, is is detrimental. And perhaps a better way to put it is, if there was a stronger community around money, I think that we'd be a lot more successful with that money. You, you look at the role that community plays in in transforming of of bad behaviors things like alcoholics anonymous or weight watchers Mm -hmm. or things like crossfit just if there's a community Mm -hmm. involved with it then people feel like they're a part of it and i think that you you mentioned religion i think that that's a great support group and people can call on the other people in their community to help become successful And so if you're able to – this is kind of off off the track of our conversation, but it goes to the shared values thing. If you have a community that shares values, you're probably going to be more successful with money.
1: No, and I I don't think it's actually off the track at all. I think this is where the values come from. Um, Everybody comes to marriage with different set of values. And and what we don't really talk about a whole lot is that couples, they're actually – They're a lot of times attracted to each other because of how similar they are. And we tend to focus in society on some of the differences that we have. But those those things that are attractive to us actually are kind of a selfish thing to begin with that. Oh, you're like me. So the more that you're like me, the more I like you. And over time, that sameness, that oneness develops into what we call a micro um, culture. But the microculture comes from the overall culture. And the culture that we live in today is actually in financial terms suggesting that we're spending less time on our relationship, but we're actually expecting more from it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because uh, the less time we spend working on something, typically, you know, the investment, the outcome per se um is not going to be what we want it to be. So the the idea that our our society is actually becoming more and more individualistic. Think about it. Look at our marketing of the products that sell. iPhone, iPad, um, very individualistic. Even Facebook has has taken this idea that this is about you. It's your face. It's 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 the self, you know, selfie, the number one um, word in the Webster's dictionary last year. I mean, this—it's all about individualism, and it does have a root in consumerism—the over um, consumption of products for you know to fill needs. That's what's actually driving couples apart, and they don't even know it. It's the societal impact that drives these couples kind of to part. So, what I'm trying to do is get get society. And get the word out there that, you no, know, we actually need to be more together. We need to be more teamed up and on the same page. Um, and we do that through this financial um, fitness uh, workout that we have for couples that gets them on the same page. And it really does then have a ripple effect outward to society. And I think, uh, you know, we're making, we're making an impact.
0: Nice. And that's certainly uh, everything you just said definitely resonates the idea that I could spend less time on something and get greater return out of it, that's that's a pleasant idea, but it's, it's also a very pleasant <laughs> fiction. Um, just like any aspect of a relationship, if you're not working on it, it's not going to get better. I liken it to having a, a scheduled date night, if that's once a week or once a month or whatever it might be, that's such an important thing, just because you are then working on your relationship. Um, and these things, just because they don't take care of themselves, and I don't think that people yeah. understand how to talk about money because they've probably never been taught how to talk about money. So how do you counsel people to to bring that conversation up or how frequently? Talk a yeah. little bit about that, please.
1: Thank you. No, this is the topic. This is what got me started
0: is this idea that, you know,
1: this is an area that A public in general still don't want to talk about this money thing. You know, what's money? we'll talk about it in a political sense, you know. And we can talk politics. We can talk about a lot of other things we didn't used to be able to speak about now. Um, and I think money is starting to become less and less taboo, but it still is very taboo. And I think it's even still more taboo once you're married because there's so many emotional, psychological issues associated. Let alone just the skills of communicating. Um, Gen X and Y, you know, couples they have uh, an increased difficulty talking about it because they're lacking a lot of the skills I think that uh, previous generations had at least being able to, to talk more together. We get a lot out of our screens nowadays and sometimes we spend more time um, on the screens than we do face to face. And so I actually wrote uh, a, an ebook. We just got that published here uh, a little while ago called How to Talk About Money with your spouse. Nice. And that's uh, the www.howtotalkaboutmoney.com. And it's, it basically um, shows what we've been talking about today, some societal impact, um, how, you know, we focus so much on how to, you know, getting the communication about, but really we need to focus on these shared values and goals first. Uh, and part of that is just getting together, having the time to really look at where we're on the same page and where we're not. Then learning those skills of how to communicate about it and understanding our own relationship with money, that will come into play secondarily. And money becomes you know a distant uh, kind of third after the foundation of shared values and goals because now it's just something to help us reach those goals instead of money being the goal. Does that make
0: sense? That definitely makes sense. It's a matter of addressing the actual get down to the to the root causes versus just the symptoms, kind of a thing. So,
1: exactly, that's exactly right. And so, it's research based. It's uh, couples have done this um, nationwide. I've helped hundreds of couples to do this. I've taught this, these principles, and really, when people spend the time, again, it's about this time together. They can spend the time together to do this it really does have that effect that will eventually change their overall financial future.
0: And how much time are we talking? Is this weeks and weeks? You know, it depends <laughs> on the couple.
1: Um, <laughs> if, 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 uh, if there's some serious relationship problems, then money is really just a surface issue. And we found that uh, couples that have some basic money problems, it might just be a quick tune-up per se that they are able to talk about it, get on the same page, and then they sort of click and it makes sense and they can, you know, go about their way. But once, once a couple is to that point, when they've spent probably a a good two or three sessions talking about their goals and values in the right way, the idea that you continue now to just kind of maintain it on a weekly or monthly basis is a lot more manageable. Uh, But there are couples who legitimately have you know, deep-seated emotional and relational issues that have lasted for for many years. In fact, most couples do not go to therapy um, for about six years on average, and that's just a fact. And this is one reason why I didn't become a therapist, and those therapists out there, um, they they experience this firsthand, that there is a stigma, especially among men, who don't want to go see the, you know, a mental health practitioner, which I think You know, it's a societal thing. Um, So how do we help change that? And so I work with a lot of therapists, and those couples that that we take them through our process really just don't have the ability or capability to to get there. Well, then we use a therapeutic intervention and and refer. Um, I'm trying to bridge that gap between financial professionals because we've actually done research on them and found that most financial professionals, when they do see problems that are deep-rooted or deep-seated, with their married clients, they're weary and they're afraid to refer to a therapist. So I'm trying to bring the therapeutic world and the financial world a little bit closer together, and not not force them to play together, but to be the bridge between the two. If that if if that um, that you can kind of see that visual.
0: Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Awesome stuff. Uh, well, Travis Savage Thanks. Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. You've already given us what I would consider to be several, and that's incredible, but what do you have for them?
1: You know, the biggest thing I think that couples need to focus on is create uh, what I call a money night. We do it on Mondays, so it's our Monday money night. Some people call these money dates, but I I think it's a little bit more than that. And that is, if you can set aside at least 30 to uh, 60 minutes a week, where all you do is spend a few moments talking about your past, your present, your future, money goals and values. If you could invest at least that much time into your shared financial um, picture, that things will change. And it will naturally change. You will, you know, you'll naturally stumble upon the things that you need to do. Um, but we're also here at the Family Financial Institute. We're here to help you um, you know, as a couple if you're coming up with issues, we're here to help get you on that right um, path so that you're on the, sh- the same page financially. Um, but man, if you could, if couples could do that, if they can just get that time, spend it together and start working together on the same team, I think that is the biggest difference maker right there.
0: Oh, that is great stuff. And that definitely gets a, come on, come on. So thank <laughs> thank you for that, Travis. Uh, Travis, hey, thank, thank you Church. for coming on. Um, you yeah. mentioned the website, um, how, but tell us again how people can engage with you.
1: Yeah, If they go to www.howtotalkaboutmoney.com. That's howtotalkaboutmoney.com. Um, there's an ebook they can download. They can look at the research. They can do you know their own homework on this. This isn't something we're just coming up with eight steps that might work for you. This is research-based material that's that's working and it's it's in practice. It's clinically tested. So. Um, that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. and got the credentials I did so that I can use this material and statistically show that it's helping lives. And it truly is, George. I mean, this, this uh, program that we, we do from here, um, couples can go online and learn together if that's the stage that they're at, or they can engage our trainers um, who will walk them through and we'll reach out to them and there'll be, you know, a a, a, a survey test bank that they will kind of go through and we will see at what stage they're really at and tailor, tailor fit that um, coaching curriculum to fit them. And So there's, there's all sorts of options. Financial advisors out there, if you're looking for some help in your own practice and you want to be a little bit more trained to help these kinds of couples um, or want to be able to refer them to us, um, please reach out to us at uh, the family fin- familyfinancialinstitute.com and, and, uh, we're, we're happy to give some um, tips and follow us there at that website. And we're happy to reach out and, and help however we can.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Travis your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Thank you again, Travis. Hey, thanks, George, for having us on. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together.